Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. As we do every year for Halloween, Ryan and I catch up on a horror movie that one or both of us have yet to see. This year, we've selected 1973 cult classic about a classic cult, The Wicker Man. Neither of us have seen this one, and frankly, neither of us knew very much about it before we had watched it. But as budding horror movie fans, this one was always on our list. The Wicker Man has a tumultuous history. Its distributor tried to bury it and released a cut that writer Anthony Schaefer and director Robin Hardy were unhappy with. There have been several versions released, but the longest known cut has yet to be released officially. In spite of its early troubles, the film has grown to be a favorite among horror fans. In fact, you could say we're watching The Wicker Man in honor of the 10-year anniversary of the Nicolas Cage remake, which was released in 2006. You could say that, but you shouldn't, because if anything, a Nicolas Cage remake gave us pause. But is the original any good despite that Nicolas Cage stamp of approval? Or will we simply never understand the true nature of this movie? Keep listening. You're liars. You are despicable little liars. Rowan Morrison is a schoolmate of yours, isn't she? And that is her desk, isn't it? Well, isn't it? I think you ought to know. And you are the biggest liar of all. I warn you, one more lie out of you. And I will charge you with obstruction. And believe me, Miss Rose, that is a promise. Now, for the last time, where is Rowan Morrison? So it's a clip from uh, The Wicker Man. Sergeant Howie has uh, kind of come to the realization that everybody in the town's lying to him about this missing girl that he's there to find. And they all deny she exists, but he knows. He knows they're lying. There's something going on. He's, a lot uh, of weird stuff going on. There is a lot of weird stuff going on. I think that's kind of the idea. I got that sense, yeah. The mo- you're supposed to think the stuff going on is weird. Right. Wouldn't really work if you didn't think it was all that weird. No. It would be a very different feeling movie to you. Right. Well, welcome to our third Halloween yeah. episode. Ooh. Can we still be friends? Are you feeling scared? I am, but right. 2016 has just been Halloween. <laughs> yeah. We lost Bowie. We lost Prince. True. Everybody we love is dying, and there's clowns everywhere. Yes. Not to mention the unmentionable one himself. <laughs> Biggest clown of them all. Yeah, it's been a scary year. <laughs> it's been a scary year. But we're here with our Oktoberfest uh, here. Uh, right. And um, ready to discuss a movie that we both needed to catch up with. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Wicker Man. Why are we doing this movie? <laughs> um, well, I had just always heard about it and wanted to see it. Right. That's yeah. pretty much the only reason. Yeah. Same here. And then there was the whole Burn the Witch video from Radiohead, sure, um, yeah. which uh, is um, definitely playing with some of the ideas of the Wicker Man in the music mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the song so much. but Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's sort of more or less the same reason we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You know? yeah. Both uh, from the 70s. Yeah, I think 73 and 74, right? Yeah. It's an interesting era for horror. Yes. I think. Just from yeah. watching, especially just watching these two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then when you think about The Exorcist, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a scary decade. Yes. So that's basically why. I mean, I keep hearing filmmakers and people talk about Wicker Man mm-hmm. as, you know, one of those best horror movies. There. Now, I, I really knew pretty much nothing about this movie. Me too. And honestly, you were the same way? Honestly, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I knew very little. Yeah. And so you can imagine my surprise (laughs) when the movie turns out to be not just a horror movie, but uh, I could say erotic horror Scottish folk musical. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Um, Especially the musical element really really surprised me. me. Yeah. I I, I mean, in my notes, I was like, oh, this first song is kind of funny. Yeah. Like. 
corn rigs and <laughs> barley rigs. But didn't it have that? It felt seventies to me. Oh, very much. So because yeah, of, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of like when you hear you would hear like, like Leonard Her- Cohen and McCabe and Mrs. Miller and or um, Cat Stevens and Harold and yeah, Maude. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it fit right in it with that. It did, but yeah. I was uh, not with a horror no, movie. No. And then turns out, oh, they're going to be singing throughout this movie. <laughs> right. I was very surprised by that. Um, Can you think of any other horror musicals? I, I mean, there's that movie Repo that kind of goes around among. It's a really culty, yeah. cult classic movie. I haven't seen it, so I guess uh, I, I didn't I immediately come to either, mind. But that's the only one I can think of. There's Cannibal, the musical, which oh, I haven't right. seen. I don't know, anything but I don't about even that. know how much on the horror side of things that really, right. or is it, if it's more just comedy. There is Sweeney Todd. Well, yeah, I guess. Although I, I feel like the music in this type of movie works very differently than in something like Sweeney Todd. Yes, as I'd far as the so. purpose of it even being in there. Yeah. Well, because it, it's a fine. It, it can is it added music or is it like yeah in scene music? I I, I like how both. I like how it's kind of up in the air. Yeah. I don't think the movie ever really explains it one way or another. Right. Well, maybe we're let's, getting a little, little are, ahead of, our, are a little ahead of ourselves before let's, we jump right into our conversation. Should we do our ratings? We don't have previous ratings. No, we don't. And um, I, I'm curious to know what, what your rating am, would be I'm on I'm curious this. to know yours. <laughs> because it's just such a... I was. Let me just say I was completely blindsided by this movie. Yeah. Did Nothing about this movie is what I expected. Nothing. And horror itself, to me, is kind of always a hard one to rate because... I was reading an Empire um, article that was talking about Wicker Man, but, you know, kind of off the cuff, the critics sort of explain what horror should do in one sentence. And I I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I think there's a point to it where it just says that good horror disturbs and challenges. Mm -hmm. And was I disturbed and challenged by the Wicker Man? Boy, you bet. Yeah. (laughs) So was it effective as a horror movie? I guess so. I think it totally was. And, I don't know. It's it's. I watched this a few days ago. It certainly stuck with me a lot. I've thought about it a lot, and um, I think I really like this movie. Actually, okay. I, I'm actually going to go. If I, I'll put it at a four star. I'm actually willing to be maybe talked up to a five star on this one, but it's very dependent on what <laughs> what our conversation turns into. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Okay. I'm interested to have this conversation because I I put this at a two star. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was disturbed, but it was more like a, aren't you disturbed? Rather than like hmm. actually disturbing yeah. me. Now, is this kind of like comedy where it's it's hard to really argue? It may be. You know, what's effective on people as far as horror goes? It may be, and, and but I think with, if, we can, if we can kind of... Uh, explain ourselves yeah, a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I never would have thought five star. That, that, no? That, that is surprising. Well, I don't know that I would go that far, but I think... I think someone could probably talk me up to it after a while. You know, I think that the more I've kind of thought about it, ruminated on it, I was like, I think this movie's doing some really interesting things with horror. And I think that it's expressing things through the horror genre that don't get expressed very often and bringing out different types of disturbances in human nature and psychosis that, 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 I don't think a lot of people want to spend a lot of time think, thinking too much about. And yeah. The Wicker Man kind of sticks you in it. And I think that uh, just it kind of has this level of intrigue that keeps you going the entire time. Because I knew next to nothing about it, the twist really was a twist to me. Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I think I may need some stuff explained to me. <laughs> well, maybe I just was too caught off guard. Um, I don't know that I could I explain know. everything. I although know. I also don't know that we... We can't explain everything, yeah. given the, the history of, of the cuts of this film. And right. well, what, what did we actually see? Did we, I mean, did, we, watched we didn't the see same everything. Cut. Okay. We watched the same cut looking at this DVD. So maybe for our listeners, if you're not fully aware of the history of this movie, it's got just as much of a history of distribution hell as any movie you're ever going to hear of. I mean, right. it, really, hardly anybody's actually seen the original cut of this movie. Which is... 102 minutes. Yeah. And it was shown a couple places, I think. Not in America, though. No. If you saw The Wicker Man in America during its theatrical run, you were seeing the Roger Corman uh, cut, which was cut down so it could be a double bill with Mm -hmm. another horror movie. Um, And it cut out a lot 
of setting up of Sergeant Howie, which we also saw a lot cut out of. I guess there were a lot yeah, of oh scenes. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, that's not the director's cut that we saw. Oh, no, no. But I don't think the director's cut really even exists. It does. They released it on Blu-ray. I don't know if they released it in America on Blu-ray. Okay. But they did release it on Blu-ray. It was called the director's right, cut. Right, but it wasn't but the 102 minute. Right. There were still some things missing. And it does, those the scenes that are missing do sound interesting. It maybe would have filled things out a little bit. Yeah. Because I really felt like a lot of the filmmaking storytelling was very clunky. Sure. And But yes, the movie, the distributors tried to kill it, and then they tried to get him to change the ending so that a rainstorm came and put out the fire. <laughs> Could you imagine? And Sergeant Howie survived. Yeah. To do what? I don't know. You're all under <laughs> arrest. I don't Run know. Run away and then get pushed off the... Pushed off into the rocks right. and drown. So I guess maybe we should talk about the plot of Wicker Man. Just run run through. Uh, Sergeant from mainland Scotland hears of a missing girl on this small island. And he goes to the town, asks around. People say, that girl never existed. Don't know who you're talking about. But he keeps finding records at the school, at the death certificate kind of right. office. <laughs> That this girl existed. And then he also finds like at least one or two people who do acknowledge that she existed. Right, like, and that she's know. not alive anymore. Right. And so he's trying to solve this this case and realizes the whole town is uh, practicing ancient pagan religion ceremonies. Yeah. yeah. And the, every spring they have this... May Day celebration. Right. For the sun god. Right. For their crops. For their crops. For their crops would be good. Their crops were bad the year before, so they, this year they're going to make a sacrifice. And the sergeant's trying to find the girl so that she won't be sacrificed. He finds out she's alive or realizes she's still alive and knows they're going to sacrifice her. So he goes to try to find her to save her. And, and meanwhile, the town sings songs. Uh, there's a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Just like background sex. It's kind of the first movie I've seen that just has background sex. <laughs> maybe after... Um, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes maybe. Wide Shut, yeah. <laughs> just walking through the woods and... Oh, Okay. It's it's all they're, they're yeah. back there and there's like fertility rituals right. with like yeah. you know there's there's I mean, to there's their some, credit there's some it's nudity not, in this it's yeah. not it's not just random sex like it it that is there's a reason for all of it no I wouldn't say this movie really ever veers into porno you know pornographic no. material <laughs> we can say that for it this movie does not become pornographic <laughs> um, but the 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 sort of twist at the end is that he does finally find this girl um at this point where it seems like the village is going to sacrifice her mm-hmm. and then uh as he's going to step up and save her uh she actually takes him by the hand and they try to run away together but then you realize it was all she just was a trap him, and yeah. she was actually playing the part and tricking the whole village was tricking him because he was actually the sacrifice, the sacrifice. Yeah. and it ends with him being sacrificed within this huge wicker man, yeah. hence the wicker man. Right. They um, set it on fire. And it should also be said that he is in the movie, um, he's he's a religious man. Yes. Um, very upstanding. A virgin um, is also sort of a, a main point. So in their eyes, in this village's eyes, he becomes the perfect sacrifice. Right. That's the plot. So that's, that's everything, yep. And Christopher Lee beautifully plays... Kind of the the cult leader, the yeah. pagan. He's the lord, lord of the island, and yeah, does a great job. So where should, where where do we start? I I mean, we're starting at opposite ends. What worked for you? What what was what was good about this movie? First of all, what struck me was just how it was a horror movie, but it didn't feel all that much like a horror movie. Like you're not no. going to get a lot of the big jumps or scares. No. It's not even going to really build a lot of intensity for mm-hmm. any sort of release and any sort of scene. It's all about the tone, really. I knew it would be, or I felt like it was supposed to be. Okay. Is what I should say. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe that just didn't work for you. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's more about just um, an overall eeriness, a hauntedness of this island. It's also not like a lot of horror movies in that I think pretty much almost the entire movie, with the exception of maybe one sex scene, um, is, is either in daylight or right. lit, you right. know. Even when he's like trying to sleep at night, yeah, the all lights, the are, lights on. are on. <laughs> yeah, <It's laughs> which just, is well, I consider clunky filmmaking. Not, I think it was kind of intentional. And now was I like up at night, you know, because I was so freaked out by this movie? Not really. But what I feel like it accomplished was really capturing that fear that maybe we've all had, where we just felt alone 
in a surrounding mm-hmm. that we could not understand. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what to do, and you thought you kind of had a way that you constructed your life and made sense of it all. And you get thrown into a situation where it's all slightly familiar, but then completely off and terrifying at the same time. Mm. And that's really what most of the movie is doing is creating this world for you. It's actually that the island itself is the horror villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's that aspect of it. The mindset. The, the mindset and, and the otherness, the idea of like you being alone. And I think it's very important that he's not with like a partner. Right. He is completely by himself. Sergeant Howie. He really doesn't even have any connection at all to mainland Scotland. There's that aspect. Then I think there's the whole, if you want to call it social commentary, but there's the whole way that this plays with religion, unlike anything I've really ever seen in a horror movie, not like in the way that, say, a possession movie or an exorcism Uh movie deals with religion. It's very different, actually, completely avoiding the supernatural, Mm -hmm. and yet still it's using belief as a source for horror and as a way of provoking the viewer to consider the way that religion can be used. Sure. Um, you know, I just thought that that was kind of a different take with using religion in a horror movie. Yeah. And I can get into specific scenes. Well, as, and I want you to get into what specifically you think it's saying about religion and belief. I, I was going to ask you the same question because, I mean, I don't really have a clear answer on that. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily detracts or adds to my view of the movie as far as um, not having a clear answer on that. I I like the fact that it brings up those questions. I still can't quite figure out, specifically thinking about Christianity, I still don't know if the movie upholds it, if it ridicules it, or if it just equalizes it, if it kind of just puts it on an equal footing with every other religion. That's what I was just thinking. I, I could make a case for any one of those. Yeah, because definitely it's, you know, it's what protects him from Becoming like the people right. for a while. He certainly holds to his core convictions the entire time, all the way up until the end. I mean, he essentially becomes a martyr of the Christian faith. Uh-huh. What's kind of terrifying about that is how apathetic the pagan believers are to that. They're not even sacrificing him because he's Christian. Right. It's just that he doesn't lose his convictions or his belief in Christianity as he's being killed for this pagan ritual. Yeah. And like you said, it can almost equalize it because his faith doesn't save him in the end. Right. Um, and also, not, to, not only that, but you've got the whole uh, conversation between Lord Summer Isle and Howie. What religion can, can, can they possibly be learning J- jumping over bonfires? Parthenogenesis. What? Literally, as Miss Rose would doubtless say in her assiduous way, reproduction without sexual union. Oh, what is all this? I mean, you've you've got fake, fake, fake biology, fake religion. Sir, have these children never heard of Jesus? Himself the son of a virgin, impregnated, I believe, by a ghost. Do sit down, Sergeant. Socks are so much better absorbed with the knees bent. Yeah, I think that there's possibility for those two readings, but also then you've got the added possibility of being against um, organized religion yeah. at all. Right. Is that what you're taking away from it? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. And that's one <laughs> of the things that like kind of bugs me about the movie. Hmm. I feel like... It was like a writer like taking notes, outlining his movie, and like he had this big space on the sheet and just wrote something about religion and underlined it twice and then forgot to get into any specifics about it and was just mm. like, oh, um, yeah, I think we've got that religion thing in there. Like, it, there, it definitely is. And yeah, it's raising questions. You Maybe think that's it, all it needs to do, but like... You think it, it saying, handles it kind of carelessly? I think it handles it... In the same way that I feel like it handles it's disturbing. Maybe like, it handles it as an outsider? Well, it it doesn't do anything with it. it like, the, the disturbing elements don't do anything really new. It's just very much like, isn't this disturbing? Or isn't religion something? Like, it never really lands in either of those places as to, like, what's supposed to really be disturbing you about this sort of thing. That one, a little bit less. I think that there are things that are, like, clearly. But... Um, like what it's supposed to be saying. I, I don't think it's an asset to the movie that it could say 
three things about religion, and some of them contradictory, you know? Like, is his faith saving him, or is his faith worth, worthless, or is all faith equal? Like, a movie that says those three things is a movie that's saying nothing about faith. You think so? Yes. I, I don't if know. If a movie says that your faith can save you, if a movie also at the same time says it doesn't matter what you believe, and a movie also at the same time says that your faith is worthless... Are you saying because the movie doesn't spell out how it feels about religion that makes it... I'm not asking it... for the movie to be overt. I'm asking for the movie to have an idea. I think it does have an idea. I think the idea in the movie is that religion, in the movie, an aspect of it is it being a social construct. Yeah. And I think that the movie is more just playing with this idea of depending on the context you are brought up in that social construct either feels familiar or it feels other. And also that that social construct of religion can be uh, completely evil and in a way that's very blind to the evil that's it's, it's perpetuating. And those people wouldn't think it was evil. Of course they wouldn't, but you as a viewer do, you don't think human sacrifice is evil. (laughs) That's the whole point. I mean, I think the whole point is that this is evil you are watching, and it's terrifying that these people don't see it that way, and that his religion, as powerful as he thinks it is, is powerless against that. It's like, I think, in a way, The Wicker Man, it takes a very, very critical view of human nature. And I don't think it's against religion, but I think it is very real about the ways that religion can outpour into complete evil sometimes in ways that the people who follow it don't even, aren't even able to see. Mm-hmm. And it is a way for you as a believer. It's not saying Christianity is garbage. It's saying that if you're a Christian, it's probably a good idea to actually think about what you believe in uh-huh. and make sure that you know, you're not blindly following something. And if you're not a Christian, you, know, you watch it, and it's just a take on religion in general. I, I think that how it feels about religion is just as complex and as you know, you're saying that it needs to sort of take a stand one way or another, but religion is a complex thing. Well, I mean, I think it's taking a much more holistic view of religion in general, not so much looking at how it feels about this religion or that religion or, you know what well, I mean? Yeah, like, I do get that. And I'm not saying that the movie needed to end saying like, and so Christianity was good or like, and clearly faith is dead. I mean, I but you're, but like you're the, almost saying that the movie's not saying anything. And I, I really do feel like it was saying something quite a bit. I mean, I, I think, think it's I saying just all on. those things. Yeah. But that's not like that at that point, then you're saying nothing. If everything, if you're saying everything and all of it's contradicting itself, then you're not saying anything. I think where your argument is strongest is saying that it's about like questioning, but I think that's a pretty read into interpretation. You mean when the whole movie is showing you a belief system of people, then it's intentionally trying to sort of provoke you into feeling a little scared by what these people believe into? You you don't see any reason to maybe reflect on, oh, this has something to do with what people will believe. Yeah, they, I that, guess. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to fight with you here. I'm just saying no, that. I, just, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't feel like you do. I think you're right. You're right. What you just said is right. I wasn't, I, I guess I didn't follow everything you've said the first time you said it maybe i mean i might not have put it the right way there was a a a book i was reading called religion and film by melanie wright it was actually you can read snippets of it on google books which was how i found it but um she said the wicker man suggests that a thin line separates civilization from barbarity and i think it's another way you could look at it if you don't want to take the religion aspect um, I don't think you could not take the religion. Well, sure, but I think it's. Then she goes on to talk about how religion in the movie is presented as kind of a so, is more of a social construct. I, I think you're right in a sense that like the writer started with maybe something that wasn't quite fully fleshed out and then sort of built upon that. Because I remember Anthony Schaefer was interviewed on some of the special features on the DVD. He thought to himself that there was just something in, inherently horrific about the idea of human sacrifice mm-hmm. and the reality that that happened, that there were these religions and, and especially within like the Roman world to their gods, that there were these accounts of human sacrifice. Yeah. And that the other thing that he was trying to kind of couple with that with, was this idea of what if the British Isles had not thrown off the old gods Yeah, and that 
having to view that within the modern context would be somewhat horrific. Mm-hmm. Like, because it would just be so foreign to us. Right. I can see why that would be scary. But again, it's the same. It feels so much like this movie had a concept. It had ideas. But to me, it just doesn't pull it off. Yeah, you think about those ideas. I feel like this conversation is going to be as scary as The Wicker Man was. <laughs> you think so? Because, the, because to me, the movie didn't do anything to present those in a way other than to say them. Even to the point that at one scene, in one scene, he reads just from a book. It felt so lazy to me. You mean when he was in the library? Yeah. Yeah. Six swordsmen follow these figures, and at the climax of the ceremony, lock their swords together in a clear symbol of the sun. In pagan times, however, these dances were not simply picturesque jigs. They were frenzied rites ending in a sacrifice by which the dancers hoped desperately to win over the goddess of the fields. In good times, they offered produce to the gods and slaughtered animals. But in bad years, when the harvest had been poor, the sacrifice was a human being. Thanks, that's everything we need to know. Like, yeah, there's a lot of exposition going on in that scene. I won't just, lie. And it, <laughs> like all the all the disturbing stuff, it feels like a haunted house, like a really cheap haunted house hmm. where you know you're supposed to be scared, but all they're doing is going through the motions. Yeah. I think uh like I said, I don't know how scared I was watching it. I yeah. think it was more just I enjoyed watching it cuz it just felt odd to me. You you kind of sit in a different world for a while yeah. and the whole world just felt off kilter to me like yeah, it just I felt feel like odd. that's the filmmaking <laughs> not like like i i you know like there was any I intention it. behind it no and... i mean there were a couple performances that i was like that's that's hitting the mark there were a couple filmmaking things that i was sort of like this is doing it for now but like 80 percent just felt amateur hmm. to me well, I mean, it wasn't. It was a pretty low budget film. I get that, you know. <laughs> but there are low budget films, even from the seventies. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. I mean, yeah. that movie is low budge like crazy, and man, that makes it scarier. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, I I don't necessarily need to be as scared as I was during that movie. Well, or yeah, other movies. That was for a, this to be a good movie. And you know, that was a. I mean, you understand it was a very different type of horror movie. I mean, I, that yeah. that movie I was scared watching. Yeah. So I, I mean, will it never didn't watch have that, that movie again. Visceral effect. I will. I will grant you that Wicker Man. I was does watching not like have, a film essay, yeah. and they had that final scene where she's on the truck, and I was like, <laughs> I'm never watching that movie again. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that. But I still, even with what the Wicker Man was trying to do, it didn't. For me, it never got past the like wiggling its fingers, going woo, yeah, with these ideas. Well, I mean, so was there? You did say there were some things that worked. Yeah, Christopher Lee's performance worked. Yeah, I think the landlord's performance was tremendously creepy. You mean the guy who owns the inn? Mm -hmm. Are you the landlord here? I, I'm Alda McGregor, and you must be the policeman from the mainland. Ah, that's right, Sergeant Harvey, West Highland Constabulary. Now, I'm quite obviously not going to get back to the mainland tonight. So I wondered if he had a room and a bite of supper I could have. I mean, could you manage that? Aye, I think that can be arranged. My daughter Willow will show you to your room. Willow? Father? This is Sergeant Howie, a policeman from the mainland who will be spending the night with us. This is my daughter Willow. Good evening. Show the sergeant to mm. You know that he was a choreographer for david bowie really <laughs> yeah and oh, kate bush <laughs> wow i didn't know that <laughs> i forget his name Lindsay something um the casting itself makes some difference in this movie like that guy he's just a guy to me but then when i found that out people thought that that was like a really interesting casting choice yeah. for that reason well and there's okay, and that's another thing that didn't really click with me i just never connected with sergeant howie i think do you think those the, cut scenes would have helped? helped yeah the because one of the cut scenes is a scene back at the mainland when he gets the letter and you you overhear coworkers talking about how they disrespect him because of his like values right. and his the fact that he won't have sex with his fiance and like all this stuff right like the idea that this guy was an outsider you from missed the that. beginning yeah would have helped immensely I I completely agree actually I would have because, because the point- as it is the guy just seems like a dick. And I'm like, yeah. calm down. 
all right? <laughs> like, well, from the beginning, he's acting like that. If I had had the context that he came from Scotland, like, he just left a scene where he overheard people talking crap about him, I would be like, now I know why this guy's got something to prove. Well, yeah, and also, by the time they actually talk about him being a virgin, you kind of just have to take their word for it. Like, Yeah, it's you, just Christopher there's, Lee. Who's there's like, no reason for you to actually believe he, other than the people on the island saying it. Right, that, and the only thing he's said is that he won't have sex with Britt Eklund because he is engaged. Right. I, I admit, because, I mean, yeah, I, I agree, and, and I didn't know about even, like, all the different versions that existed out there when I watched no, the movie, no, so I the clunkiness either. to me was something that stuck out and, and, and seemed like a real flaw of the movie. And then you were okay um, with it once you found out there was no. The, but I just don't. Like, no, I just don't think that uh, it's just not something that drastically changes how I felt about the movie. The fact that uh, it didn't set him up as well at the beginning um, didn't really detract from where I thought the movie was kind of doing with that character. Like well, I felt like as the movie progressed, yeah. But it took so, such a long time, and not in a slow burn, this movie knows how to take its time. It's like beating us over the head with it to yeah. its time. Well, I think, and, and I, honestly... I, then I'm like, the way this guy's acting, of course the town's going to unite against him, no matter what they believe. This guy's just coming in thinking he can push his weight around. Sure, and like, I think that's maybe part of the comedy of what I what you would see in Simon Pegg's character in Hot Fuzz. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm filtering a lot of stuff through just even thinking about that even, where I'm like, okay, so that's just sort of what they were poking fun at a little bit in Hot Fuzz is the guy who can come in and kind of just seem like he can push sure. everyone around. And it makes me appreciate Hot Fuzz more, but I shouldn't need Hot Fuzz to appreciate the Wicker Man. When I watched it, I just kind of felt like that was his character. Like he was just sort of a, a, a got dickish cop. Of yeah. But then why would I sympathize with him? I just don't see how accepting that would make me care about this character. And it the, the twist at the end requires you caring about this character. Uh, and eventually you're right over time you start to see the the depth of the evil of this belief system and so sure if i have to choose yeah i'll choose the guy who doesn't want human sacrifice but other than that that's like what my choice is based on it's like even though for what it's worth i'm being way more charmed by christopher lee and his performance yeah and i think that's kind of the point too partly yeah I is mean, that is that he is convincing as, and he is sure he I, is he needs to be that way charming and likable he likeable needs to be and, that way so that the town there's a reason for the right. if he's just this evil sinister crazy dude there's no reason the town would ever follow what he says he has to be charming for that reason he doesn't have to be more charming and likable than the main character though unless you think that's something the movie's trying to make us question yeah i mean i don't know i don't know that i really gave it all that much thought yeah. but i mean i do think that by the end no matter what your feeling on that character is, to me, the performance at the end in The Wicker Man as he's burning is yes. a very terrifying, oh, yeah. realistic. That to me is like on par with like, and maybe it's a direct reference, I don't know, but you know, you think of like, you know, something like Passion of Joan of Arc. This terrifying realization where I think as a viewer, you're not even sure at the very, very end, mm -hmm. you'd like to think that he isn't giving up on anything. Uh, but there's a terrifying look in his face where you're kind of like, I don't know. Let me not undergo the real pains of hell, dear God. Because I die, I'm shriven. And establish me in that bliss which knows no ending. Oh, Christ. Oh, Lord. Everything just seems so mm. hopeless. I mean, this is a rare horror movie where really no ounce of good prevails over evil. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that was a, a question posed on Twitter asking to recommend a horror movie where no ounce of good prevailed over evil. Actually, The Witch came up quite a bit. I saw the you saw The Witch, yeah. right? I, that was a great movie, too. Oof. That was really good. Man, was it. Really good. That that is what the wicker man was trying to be i think well that's like today i feel like that could be considered like a modern day wicker man and that it this is so much but better. this is 1973 i mean not to mention Movies this set is set tones in 1973 but this is i mean you got to think this is like to me 
you would see the shining of do a lot of stuff that the wicker man did first you know like the fact of, of doing so much horror in the broad daylight having it be so psychological and not so much about jump so scares texas and, chainsaw massacre like sure. it's not like i it you could do it well back then i don't i think it does though i think that's just where mm. we're at a crossroads is i think it does it well you don't no i don't I don't know. I don't think it was just the singing caught me off guard. I will say that final scene, yes, definitely worked. The twist, my response was little more than, oh, no way. Like, I didn't see it coming, but when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was it. It's not like an M. Night Shyamalan movie where, no. like, it's like the whole, it makes you think, no. of, it, it does make you think of some things differently, but not as much as, like, you have to reconceive right. your entire notion of, I know. of the movie. But I, mean, I was probably, I, I like, the same reading, way as you. I, I was kept, like, oh, I was not terrified so. when they were like, oh, you're the one being sacrificed, you know? It's like, I wasn't like, oh, my God. And then it's like, when you have to watch it, when you have to, and you have to sure. actually see the wicker man go up in flames right. and you have to hear him, you know, recite mm-hmm. um, a hymn and yeah. do the best he can to sort of preserve what faith he has as courage, you know, and then the, the, the sort of passiveness of these people, you know, cause they yeah. don't, they could care less what he actually believes, you know, did you ever watch any of the Christian apocalypse movies from the seventies? I can't say that I did. Then maybe that's partly why you're okay with The Wicker Man. Okay. Because I saw a couple. What are these? I've never even heard of them. Like Thief in the Night is one. Never saw it. It's terrible. But if you're like 12, it's really scary. Okay. Um, But it's just like, it felt so much like that to me. That just came to me. It's not like while I was watching this, I was like, this is like Thief in the Night and that's a stupid movie. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's just like... Another sort of movie that just says, like, listen, this idea is scary, be scared. Or this idea is disturbing, be disturbed. But doesn't really do anything with it. I, 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 this may be a tough thing to argue because I, I just... So for one, uh, another thing, specific example of something that maybe was supposed to be tense or moody or disturbing, but to me was just like, Gah. was when he's like tearing the town apart to find Rowan. That felt like a delightful romp. Because the music, because everybody he saw was so jolly. And I, I guess that's like disturbing that they're like, bah, we don't care that you're looking for this girl that we, yeah. we're going to kill. But it almost all had like the feel of like a travel documentary too, because he would like break into people's rooms. And they'd be like, ah, oh, here's my mask. What's that? The Life of the Fields. John Barleycorn. What's in here? What's that? That's my costume. The Salmon of Knowledge. It was so tone deaf to me Hmm. that to talk about this movie setting a tone, it was like, yeah, it's a movie that should have had a tone set. I mean, it stuck pretty close to that sort of pagan ideas and symbols that you would see and well, yeah. it kind of had a feel of like yeah, you know this is the yeah, most uh, hellish not, renaissance fair i've ever been I'm to not like, you know i'm not like i'm not i didn't have my like book of pagan symbols open and saying like well i got that one wrong the whole just feel of it as he's like going from building to building and well, he doesn't seem tremendously worried he just kind of seems like bah, 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 not in here i'll check this drawer bah, nope not that drawer like a fish costume. He wasn't uncovering new information. It, it just was so silly to me. Hmm. I don't know what to say. Maybe it w- the concept worked for you, and you could watch and just see each scene for its concept. But yeah, for me, I just could not. I even like the music, aside from maybe the Corn Rigs song. I didn't really care for that one too much. That's but that song. <laughs> even like Britt Eklund's song? It was one of those scenes that just threw me off. I was like, what is going on here? You know? Sure. And and then at first I was like, is this just being provocative for the hell of it? Just eroticism and, and sexuality. And the way that he fights it is just so odd, you know, like banging against the, the wall and 
In what way was she actually seducing him? I don't really know because he couldn't see the fact that she was naked. You know, they were in separate rooms. But I think that you were seeing the symbolic idea of seduction there. And I don't know, this song worked for me. And um, I just thought it was kind of another way of adding psychologically this weirdness to the movie that just compiled yeah. over and over to me. I mean, again, it wasn't like I could just point to one scene and say, you know, that was, where you that was what it. was super effective to me. It was just this cumulative effect of like, this place is just so odd and so well, weird. I feel like you I know? could point to several scenes and say, that's why it's not effective for me. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't, maybe I just wasn't as laser like in my focus of every scene. I mean, I can certainly say my wife wasn't paying that much attention to it. Uh, and it's certainly not the kind of movie that you want to drop in and out of. Right. Because <laughs> she was just like, this movie is so strange, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it is. That's, I, I kind of like it. Like, it's just, it's an odd movie, you know? And I like the fact that it's horror unlike anything I've seen before and really haven't seen since. I guess it's not common to have horror that isn't scary. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just, it's, I'm shocked. I almost felt bad for choosing this movie. And then oh, really? I find out you're like borderline five stars on it. I don't know, man. It's tough to say. It's, it is, it is a tough thing to talk about because what scares people is, you know, what disturbs you is different. And that's like comedy you were saying is hard to, hard to convince somebody on. But for me, the reason I feel like I, I like have a we we could have talked we could talk about why this isn't scary is just because the filmmaking is just not scary, and I think you're almost saying that too. I I think that you're right in the sense that if the last scene wasn't as genuinely terrifying, the payoff wouldn't be there, and I'd be exactly in your seat saying this movie is kind of pointless and doesn't really have any anything effective as far as horror goes. My feeling is that the movie builds and builds and builds to that final scene. And to me, that was the payoff moment. That was where any real visceral horror was finally unleashed in that last scene. You don't think that the movie tried for visceral horror earlier? I think it tried, yes. I mean, yeah, you had like the the masks, like looking over into the boat and things like that, which... um, I mean, that scene was effective to me. I, it just kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, what's that? It was you know? unsettling. Yeah, unsettling is a good word for it, yeah. Finding the rabbit, I think, was supposed to be scary, and it really wasn't. It was just sort of like, oh, I feel like the movie's so flawed. I, I guess it's just whether or not you're willing to like overlook them and say, like, yeah, whatever, I was disturbed or unsettled in other places. I didn't need it to be consistent. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that if I was, I'd be kind of nitpicky if I picked out one scene and said, well, that one didn't work for me. Uh, yeah, you could be. <laughs> you know? if Yeah, if there was just, if you genuinely liked the whole movie, but then you went and found tried to find one scene that didn't work, that would be nitpicky. I don't yeah. think I'm being nitpicky. No, I don't think you are, but I would be if, if I started. <laughs> I mean, because to me, like, what does it mean to say it worked? Like, it was unsettling and scary? I mean, I, I just think it worked all towards building this idea mm-hmm. of the island. All and, right. you know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get any further on nope, this. Nope, I don't think we are. <laughs> and it's fine. I just don't get it. But I think it's safe to say this is our first time in a long time that we've got an It's Complicated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not moving my rating. <laughs> well, I won't bump it up to a five, but I don't think that what you've said has changed anything about the way I felt when I watched it um, okay. or even made me really think any less of the movie. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hey, it worked for me. Um, all right. I'm going to keep mine at, at four stars. Okay. Then, and I I will recommend that people watch this movie. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell anybody not to watch it. <laughs> I just would, I'll step out of the room. Yes. I'll go do something else. So on our- be, just so you know, if you invite me to watch The Wicker Man, I'll be on my phone the whole time. <laughs> no, for Nate's sake, I would watch it again. Would you? If, yeah, if people were watching it, I would tr- do my best to pay attention to it. Yeah. All right. On our scale of best buds, mutual understanding, it's complicated. Things are very complicated here. Definitely complicated. Yeah. And And it's sad because it's our Halloween episode. I know. We'll have to go and watch The Witch together or something. Have you seen The Witch? Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. When when did we talk about this? In the episode. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) All all I remember you saying is 
I guess you did say that's a scary movie. I love that movie. It was I really thought good. You, I thought all you said was, have you seen that movie? And I said, yeah. And you said, and you liked it. But then I do recall now, you said yes. you liked it too. It's a very, yeah. very good movie. It is a very good movie. Um, very unsettling and yes. scary, but yeah. not like a typical horror movie that you would think of. Right. Yeah. I saw Green Room today. You know, uh, Evan, who's been on the show before, really liked that movie. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Same director as Blue Ruin. Ah, that's a good movie. Super violent. Yeah. Green Room. Scary? Yeah. I mean, tense. Okay. okay. Definitely very, intense. very tense. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a stack of horror movies that I need to to start tearing through before Halloween. What uh, What's on that? What's in that stack? Uh, the Babadook, which I still haven't Ooh. seen. Um, I've got Zombieland. It's more comedy horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got uh, the original Invisible Man. Oh. Um, you know, just to... Just to see it. I've heard good things, actually. Yeah. Uh, what else? Jeez. Uh, oh, uh, Devil's Rejects is another one. Oh, you're going to watch yeah. some Rob Zombie? I kind of feel... I have, I have a friend... I feel too afraid to watch I have him, a friend actually. at... Uh, I have a friend at uh, work who, who swears by it. So. I mean, I've heard good things about the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, that's really the one have. he swears by, is that one. So. Um, but it looks very, very scary. So I'm going to give that one a shot. Um, and then what was the... What's the... I'm just blanking on the name. The Guillermo del Toro. Um, that was Backbone. Yes, that one. That one's good. So I got that's my stack. It's, it's, it's a good stack. It's a good stack. I gotta get through it if I if I have the nerves to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So yeah, that wraps up our uh, talk on the Wicker Man. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about what we're gonna watch next, next time. So for the next episode, we're doing it's an anniversary episode. Uh-huh. It's also an episode we're doing because of a new movie coming out. Right. Uh, we are going to discuss. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, right. 15 years old, came out in 2001, mm-hmm. and um, you're a huge Harry Potter movie fan, right? No? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Harry Potter fan, yeah. Okay. I've read all the books, I've seen all the movies, probably multiple, not all of them multiple times, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've seen all of them? Yes. Okay. And I uh, watched the first two movies. Be honest. I did see the first two. I saw the first one, fell asleep through some of it. So, so I can't say, necessarily say I was a, a huge. Harry or Potter that you geek. saw it. Well, I saw the uh, I saw a majority of it. I could say that you can, and I will. I suppose I will say that depends on how much you slept. We're coming at this from two di- very different places, right? But I know that uh, Harry Potter, just as a franchise, as a character, is very near and dear to a lot of people out there. Uh-huh. My wife being one of them, oh, um, interesting. and so that will be an interesting conversation. And I actually, you know, even though I slept through it the first time, I am excited to, you know, watch it again and okay. see if see if my view will will change. Yeah, it's possible. It is. That's what we believe in this podcast. That yeah. change is possible. We do. But, you know, another reason we're talking about it is because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is coming out also right. in November. Yep. So there's a lot of uh, things Harry Potter-esque going on yeah. in November. The world is still abuzz about Harry Potter. Yeah. 15 years later, after the movie, the book. 15, yeah, like 19 years after the book. Yeah. Or 20-something years after the book. I right. Know. I'm guessing it hasn't hit the 20th yeah. anniversary because I feel like we would have heard something about that. The book? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's probably I getting it's close, next year. It's got to be getting close. And that's going to be crazy. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? It's just going to be wizards and right this shows you how much i know about Harry Potter. that yeah those two and anything else um what's the the game that they play what widget ball or something you look like uh, you were playing paddle ball <laughs> yeah it's like that though right no quidditch Qu- quidditch that's it no it's nothing like paddle ball okay uh, i i kind of forget this movie too but okay. so I'm, I'm excited to watch it as well It'll be good and uh-huh. a nice, you know, sort of light, you know, coming up on Thanksgiving yeah. and all that. Just sort of a nice, good family film to watch. Mm-hmm. It'll give our listeners an excuse to watch it again, you right. know, gather the family around and, right. and enjoy some Harry Potter. Yeah, even though since it's set in England, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in the movies. Oh, they just play Quidditch. <laughs> That's all they do. So, yeah, gather the family. Uh, or perhaps you need a break from your family. That works too. Lock and, uh, yourself up, watch in Harry your bedroom, Potter, and watch Harry Potter, and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, so we, the, you may you may want to say some things about Harry Potter before the next episode, or you may want to say something about the Wicker Man. Um, you might say to yourself, "How am I going to say these things to these people and get get it heard?" Well, don't ask that 
too for too long because there are ways to do that. Well, that's right. And I was about to tell. Oh, them. okay. That's yeah. what they may say that. I will not. I will not pose that question. But I you will, will pose help the them. answer. You will help them in their quest for right because there's Twitter communicating with us. Yeah, at CWSBF is our handle. There's Facebook. Just search for Can You Still Be Friends podcast. There's our website. Can we still be friends.net? If for some reason you feel like not having your words to us public, you can email us mm-hmm. at feedback at can we still be friends.net. We do check that. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Wow. Always, always. Yeah. I just thought that so, if that was maybe a reason why someone thought maybe not to send it, they'd be like, well, they're not going to read this. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Well, it'd be foolish of us to name it as a way that they can reach <laughs> us and then not check it. I agree with you. I'm just saying. It's not a P.O. box that we're like having to go <laughs> downtown. No, fight that's traffic. not a bad idea, though. But a P.O. box? Yeah. It would even make me of feel. That. You know what it would make me feel like? It would make me feel like uh, a children's game show from the 90s. Because <laughs> I feel like they your... always were like, for tickets, ticket information, send in blah, 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 P.O. box, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like a California zip code. Of course. Nine three something, but we do have a voicemail. Yes, that number. If you'd like to call and leave us a message, eight four seven three zero six nine five three two. That is not a California area code. No, that's, that's a suburbs of Chicago <laughs> area code. It is. It's not <laughs> yeah. even Chicago. It's not even two six two. Nope, eight four seven. Yep. So yeah, let us know. Talk about Harry Potter. Talk about the Wicker Man. Yeah, really anything that we've brought up in the podcast or that we haven't brought up in the podcast. Sure. I mean, stay a little bit on topic, but any past episodes, of course. If you're if you're just finding, uh, can we still be friends? And maybe we're talking about 2016 being a crazy year, and you're like, why this is 2020, and we don't even remember 2016. You know, right? But they you can dug still up. comment about this episode yeah. in and 2020. We'll be we'll be checking that email. Yeah, we'll be heading down to the PO box with our key and. Yeah, we'll definitely be checking our P.O. box. I can't guarantee in 2020 that we'll sure, still be checking true. our email inbox. Everybody might be back to P.O. boxes. Yeah, well, I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Yeah. This internet thing cannot last forever. Right. You're probably listening to us on a wax cylinder mm-hmm. that you get mailed to you at your P.O. box. So anyways, that's all the ways that you can communicate with us, and we would love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Yep. And we also just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Definitely. Um, and sticking with us for how many episodes? 40, 45. 45 episode episodes. 45. The 45 episodes. Coming back like Jordan, we're in the 4-5. <laughs> right. Maybe we should have done Space Jam for this episode. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Why did we not think of that? I don't know. Can we just redo it? Yeah, let's, let's put this one off. We're glad that I hope you guys have a great Halloween and uh, have some fun times. And thank you for listening to our third Halloween episode. Stay away from any clowns, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, in 2020, listeners, that was, there was a huge clown oh my gosh, thing. It was going all on. the rage. It was this huge, scary Do you guys clown remember thing. that? Or have clowns taken over even more? They could, clowns could just be Who knows? people now. Maybe that's everybody's clowns. And we're sounding super racist. <laughs> that's, like, that's probably it. That may be what I, I meant nothing. I meant, I meant nothing. You have to understand where, where we're coming from. In our context, clowns right now are very scary. Yeah. But they don't have to be. And that's like not, not all clowns. Not all that clowns is not are all clowns. scary. That's but the clowns that are... There, there are clowns being scary. Um, but there are some very... Well-meaning. Well, well-dressed, clean-cut, yeah. articulate clowns. Right. That I... I I have I'm, I'm, one of my friends is a clown. We have no problems great. with clowns. And he's awesome. That's yeah. why I can make clown jokes, actually, is because of him and he's like really cool about it. Yeah. Um, and you like would barely know he was a clown. Right. He doesn't really act like a clown. Not at all. He's he's definitely a clown, but like he's not like I'm a clown about right, it. Right, right. Like, so he's very cool. Um, you guys would love him. Um, so disregard yeah, yeah, a lot of the like, like you have to understand clowns. the context. Just, yeah. You have to understand the context. Yeah. So um, thanks for listening and uh, we'll we'll catch you next yeah. time. Yeah. Thanks a lot. See ya. Bye.